You're listening to The River Walk, a ministry of Beth River Baptist Church in Liddyville, Louisiana. Today's episode, we're going to talk about dangerous assumptions with dangerous consequences. And we're going to talk about a man that's only mentioned twice in the Bible named Ananias. He had to overcome his assumptions and he had a huge impact in doing so. Hope you enjoy. If you have your Bibles this morning, we're going to look at a little passage in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 9. And I want to tell you this morning, if there was ever a message for your pastor, this one is tailor-made for me, 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 me. Last Sunday, I was so blessed. Had a young lady, we'll say, come and say that she wanted to be baptized and next Sunday, we're going to baptize somebody. And I say young lady, but y'all know her. And I'm not going to assume her age. I don't know her age. But I will say this. I'm sure she's old enough to be my grandmother. And here's the thing. You know, I, I was shocked by this. But if I could have took a picture of y'all's faces when I made that announcement, it would go viral. It was just absolutely Unbelievable. And I heard last Sunday from many of you, the same as me, that, well, we just assumed. We just assumed that that she had been baptized before. And I had too. And you know, I left last Sunday and I felt like Jesus just slapped me in the face saying, Kevin, when it comes to me and my business, you need to stop assuming. Now, there are some assumptions that I think are pretty safe to make. For example, I can tell you if you go outside after church, it's raining, and if you don't have an umbrella, well, it's a pretty safe assumption you're going to get wet. I can tell the children if you see a red-hot burner, it's a pretty safe assumption if you touch it, you're going to get burned. If you're talking about the Bible, you know, I could tell you if God gave pastors and God gave teachers and God made the churches, well, it's a pretty safe assumption that God wants you to be a part of His church. But there's also some very dangerous assumptions that we make. And it just it comes automatic to us. It, we have this idea in us where we just fill in the blanks where we make assumptions. Last Sunday we thought it was just going to be a normal service and it ended up being a service with a baptism. This morning, this morning, even me and my own spirit, I came, I was under the assumption that very few would show up to church this morning. But if these numbers are right, we almost set a Sunday school goal, even with Tropical Storm Barry coming down at Franklin Parish. I want to tell you, when it comes to Jesus, when it comes to spiritual matters, don't make assumptions. There's a story in Acts, and it's a very dramatic story. It's a story many of us know well. It's about the Apostle Paul back when he was known as Saul of Tarsus. He was a bad man. He was a rough man. And he had an encounter with Jesus. And Jesus changed his life. And we always talk about Paul. We talked about Paul in the Sunday school lesson today. As a matter of fact, if you've been to church very much at all, you'll often hear the preacher say, well, Paul wrote this. Paul says this. Listen to what Paul, 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 Paul. And I love the writings of Paul. As a matter of fact, it's rightly so because he wrote most of the New Testament. But... But there's somebody else in Paul's story that we do not talk about very much. Somebody that had a profound impact on Paul's life. It wasn't just Jesus, but it was a man named Ananias. 
And we don't know much about Ananias. He's only written about twice in the book of Acts. But his story is so profound. And I want to look at the assumptions that he had to overcome. And if it wouldn't have been for Ananias, who knows what would have happened to the early church? Who knows what would have happened with Paul? And we find his story in Acts chapter 9, starting in verse 10. It says, Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight, and inquire of the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. And in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. And Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here, here in Damascus, he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings and the children of Israel, for I, I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way and entered the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately they fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once, and he arose and was baptized. So when he had received food, he was strengthened, and Saul spent some days with the disciples at Damascus. What an amazing little story. And it's such a shame that we read over this so quick. Some things I want you to notice and I want you to think about that we don't usually think about when we read this story. In verse 10, if you are an underliner and you want to underline a word in your Bible or if you want to make a note of it, I think it's important to note that it says there was a certain disciple at Damascus. It doesn't say he was an apostle. It doesn't say that he was a physician like Luke. It says he was a disciple. Why is that important? It's important because we read elsewhere in Scripture that says God gave some apostles and God gave some teachers and God gave different people different gifts. But God calls everybody to be a disciple. And he calls us to make a disciple. You may never ever be as influential as Paul but we're all called to be a disciple, just like Ananias. I also want you to think about this this morning. The chronology of Acts is always very interesting to me. Remember, we, we can date this back because we know the, the emperors and all this. We have the calendar. Jesus hadn't long descended. So at the very, very, very longest, Ananias wasn't a Christian, but maybe three years. Maybe three years. Most of us in here, if you've made a profession of faith, most of you have made a profession of faith longer than three years ago. So go back over this again. Here you have a man named Ananias. He wasn't with the disciples. He is a new disciple. Been a Christian at the very longest, maybe three years, maybe shorter than that. And here he has a vision, and Jesus says that I need you to go and go see this man named Saul of Tarsus. Can you just imagine? Can you just imagine what must be going on in Ananias' head? And think about you. How would you feel? Here you are, a new Christian, and there is a man that is killing other Christians, a man of authority that can do this. And Jesus says, 
hey Kevin, hey John, hey Adam, hey whoever you want to be, I'm asking you to go do this. That is quite, quite, quite a task. So Ananias had to make that decision. And he didn't just go at first. He said, Lord, I've heard a lot about this man. Are you sure you want me to do this? In verse 15, Jesus said, but the Lord said to him, go, just go. I think that's a lot of times what Jesus wants to tell us. To just stop making excuses, to stop making assumptions, and if I've called you to do it, go do it. Go. Just go and go do it. But so often we make these assumptions, and I put myself in Ananias' shoes, and I, I think about last week, once again, assumptions. Assumptions that lead to excuses. For Ananias to be able to do this, for him to be able to answer the call, for him to be able to say, okay, Lord, I'll go. There's three assumptions he had to overcome. He had to overcome an assumption about himself. He had to overcome an assumption about himself. So many of us, we have these assumptions about ourselves. And assumptions lead to excuses. You want to know a common one today amongst Christians? It's, I'm a church member. I'm a church member. So I'm assuming because I'm a church member, because I come to church, maybe because I give a tithe, maybe because I come to Sunday school, that I'm doing all the Lord needs me to do. Folks, that is a dangerous, dangerous assumption. What if Ananias would have said, well, I'm a disciple, I'm following Jesus, but I don't want to go there. What if he would have done that? Maybe God would have sent somebody else to Paul, but maybe not. Folks, don't make the dangerous assumption that, that you're doing all you need to do. Because if Jesus asks you to do something, you need to do, you need to do it. I imagine if I was in Ananias' shoes, the assumption I would have is that somebody else probably could do it better. You know what? Somebody else could do this better, Lord. I haven't been a Christian very long. I haven't been a disciple very long. What about this guy named Peter? What about this guy named Luke? I hear all about these guys. Why are you wanting to send me Ananias? Somebody else could do it better. Or what about this? What about the attitude that I can do it better than somebody else? God could have asked Peter. I thought about Luke. You know, Luke wrote the Gospel of Acts, and Luke identifies himself as a physician. You know, Luke might have been under the assumption, you know what, I might would have been... I might would have been a good one to call to be there to help heal his sight. Why didn't you ask me, Lord? Folks, those are assumptions that we make, but they are so dangerous. If somebody else could do it better, Jesus would not have asked you to do it. If Peter could have done it better, he would have asked Peter to do it. Jesus has asked you to do something for your church, for his kingdom, for your sake, for a reason. Stop assuming that somebody else can do it better. I'm sure that Ananias probably went through his head, I'm not qualified to do this. No way am I qualified to take this and go talk to Saul. Because remember, aside from Saul being a, a persecutor, he was also well-educated. He said he was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. This would be like, like uh, Jesus coming to you and saying, I want you to go to Iran and talk to the Ayatollah over there, and he's waiting on you. Would you go? My assumption would be, Lord, I'm not qualified to do this. I don't know anything about the Muslim faith. I don't know anything about these people. But Ananias overcame that fear. 
Here's an assumption we make, and I see it all the time. I'm good where I'm at in life. I'm good where I'm at. Ananias could have said, Lord, I've got things going on. I'm following you. I'm right here in Damascus. Nothing ever happens in Damascus. Nothing ever happens in Liddyville. Let me just go about my business and be the way I want to be. I'm good where I'm at. Folks, I want to remind you, just like we learned in Sunday school this morning, just like we preached last week, much of this Bible would not have even been written if Ananias would have had that attitude. Everything could have been jeopardized because of that dangerous assumption. Ananias, we don't really know what Ananias did in his life. We know he was a teacher, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But Ananias, he may have been a very busy man. He may have been a hard worker. He could have been a big family man. He could have been a very old man. He could have made the assumptions that he was too old to do something. He could have made the assumption that he just didn't have the time to take on anything else. And maybe with his eyes, maybe with his schedule, he didn't think he did have enough time to take on anything else. But I want to remind you, for the Christian, for the Christian, God's the boss, and the boss makes the schedule. He's the one who decides. And Ananias had to realize that, Lord, I don't want to do this. It's inconvenient. And I don't, I'm scared. I don't think it'll be good. But you know what? You're the boss. And if you're asking me to go, I'm going to go. Christian church member, let me tell you something. God will make the time for you. And He'll take care of it. He'll do it every time. He would not have came to you if there was somebody better for the job. He would not have asked you to do something if there was somebody better for the job. Stop letting these false assumptions about yourself lead to excuses. Then I think about Ananias, and I, I know I identify with this because that's all I would go through in my head. It's what I go through every day. Then I get to thinking about, you know what? He had to deal with some assumptions about others too. I mean, automatically, if, if Ananias was asked to go share the gospel with his children, he would assume they would, they would have heard it. But he's asked to, be, to go see a man who he knows is an evil man. And that's what happens to us today. We automatically come up with these assumptions about others. It's what I did last week, and if you're being honest, it's probably what you did last week too. We come up with these assumptions about other people. Ananias would have probably been right to say, man, he's just too educated for me. I can't keep up with his doctrine. Folks, when are we going to stop assuming that everybody knows better than we know? If God leads you to, to go share with somebody, the Holy Spirit can break through all those barriers. Well, God, I know I feel led to go talk to this friend. I know I feel led to go visit this person. I want to invite them to Bible school. But I know their parents. I know them, and they're so hostile to the gospel. Hey, that is a dangerous assumption because if the Holy Spirit is leading you there, who cares if they're hostile? Well, what about this? They go to church. They go to church every Sunday. So they must know Jesus. People, let me tell you something. Churches, hospitals, even nursing homes are full of people who don't know Jesus. 
And we just assume they do because he's a grandpa or she's a grandmother. And, and maybe they went to church. Maybe they, have their, maybe they have their obituary planned out. Who knows? And it's just an assumption we make. And we really got nothing to base it on except our own biases. Be careful about the assumptions you make about others. Or what about this? Let's just take the, the gospel out of it. Well, these, these people have been married for years, and I, I'm having marriage trouble, and I want to go get help from these people. They don't have marriage problems. They wouldn't understand. Folks, if God's leading you to find a, a mentor, go stop making assumptions. Christian couples still struggle. Don't be afraid to ask for help or ask for guidance. They wouldn't understand. This, these people that have their life together, they don't deal with things like I deal with. They've never had financial difficulty. They've never had heartbreak. They've never had a problem with the child. They've never had this kind of trouble. And God, all the while, is leading you to somebody to ask for help or to, or to give help. And you've just made the assumption that they don't need it. That's a dangerous assumption. I can't tell you how many times we've came to the assumption that people just don't come to church because they just don't want to. Well, you know, they don't come to church because they just don't want to. And that may be the case. That could be the case. But you know the reason most people don't come to church is because they've never been invited. You, you go ask around and you will find that that's usually the case. I've never been invited and here we are as Christians, and we say, well, they just don't come because they don't want to. Have you, when was the last time you invited somebody? Man, that's a dangerous assumption to make. To make. Our church is going to be filled with visitors this week. Don't assume that they don't want to be a part of something bigger. Don't assume that their life is complete. Don't assume that the thought's not lingering in their head. That they want to be part of something bigger. Don't assume that they're not looking at Beth River Baptist Church and they're seeing something great going on. Don't make that assumption because reality could be very far from that. Here's a dangerous assumption. They're happy the way they are. You know, I imagine Ananias, he thought about Paul, and I, I imagine he knew Paul's background, and I imagine his thought, well, he is happy just the way he is. He don't want to be changed. People, let me tell you something. No one, no one, no one, no one is truly happy in sin. Nobody. Nobody's happy in sin. So you can go to a bar, and you can see somebody that's drunk as a skunk, and they're laughing, and they're happy. And it's a good show. But when night comes, they're alone, their hearts are broken, and they're wondering if there's anything more. You just go, go look at the life of somebody that's been there before, and they will tell you that their hearts were empty, and they didn't know what they were looking for. And people try to fill that gap. They try to fill it with friends. They try to fill it with family. They try to fill it with drugs. They try to fill it with, with Instagram, with Facebook, with whatever. And they keep trying to fill it. And we just assume they are feeling it, but the truth is, they're empty. Don't assume, don't make the assumption that everybody's just happy the way they are. Children, women, men, black, white, everything in between, we're all sinners in need of a Savior. Don't make that dangerous assumption. But here's, here's what it all comes down to. It really comes down to this. 
Not assumptions about ourselves, not assumptions about others, our assumptions about God and God Himself. You know, Ananias, I don't know what all he had seen or what all he had been taught or what all, what all was going on at the time. But you know what? Our assumptions about God, it's just, it's, it's really, it's amusing when you sit back and look at it. Even the most religious person gets it wrong because we just assume that God works the way I work. Well, God, you know, we're going to hire a preacher to come. We're going to have a vacation Bible school. And then just overnight, the church is going to be full. Yeah, God could do that. But God doesn't work the way we work. God could have sent somebody well-educated to, to Saul to change him. God could have picked somebody different than Saul to change him. God could have picked somebody different than Kevin to be a pastor. But God does not work the way I work. God never has. And God never will work in a human-like manner. And you wouldn't want Him to. You would not want God to work in a human-like manner. Just imagine if He did. Imagine if God took on the form of Kevin and all the times that, that you fell short. Imagine what, where, where would the grace be? There's no grace, there's no human grace in a holy God. We assume that, that God's limited. God wouldn't ask me. There's no way that God would ask me. I can't believe you'd ask me. I've only been a Christian for one or two years, and you're asking me to go talk to this man who's been a Pharisee his whole life? There's no way God would do that. God would never, ever take an airline pilot from a cockpit and bring him to a pulpit. He'd never do that. God would never, ever heal an alcoholic and make him sober and in church every Sunday morning. God wouldn't do that. God, God would never, ever take somebody suffering with this kind of sin or that kind of sin. He would never do that. See, even the elephant knows better. It's silly. We know better than that. And these assumptions, they just they build up and they build up. And then, and then before you know it, our assumptions lead to the most dangerous assumption at all. And that's that God can't. God can't. God can't save me. God can't save me. You don't know where I've been, Brother Kevin. You don't know the kind of husband, the kind of father, the kind of wife, the kind of daughter. You don't know me. I don't know you, but God does know you. And if you're under the assumption that God can't change your life, I think Paul would say different. God can't. God can't save them. They're, they're in a hopeless situation. They're, they're, they're of this religion or that religion, and God's not going to do it. God can't do it. Folks, God can do it. He's done it before, and He'll do it again. God can't deliver them. They're hopelessly addicted. They're in a hopeless situation. And I'm just giving up because God's given up on them. We would never say that out loud, but for many of us, that's an assumption that we've just come to make. We don't know all that happened in Ananias' life. And like I said, I'd, I'd be kind of curious to know how old Ananias was. We don't know. But turn to Acts chapter 22. I want you to notice this. Paul has a, a chance to, to give his testimony. And once again, I, I like chronology stuff because I like history 
We know the story. We just read, Ananias came to Paul. The scales fell off his eyes. Immediately he was baptized. And then he went on and he wrote many of the books that we read in the New Testament today. 30 years go by. How much can happen in 30 years? I'm 35 years old. This happened in about the year 3 or 4 A.D. And 30 years go by. In 30 years, that man named Saul of Tarsus got up, was baptized. He made three missionary journeys all across that area. He wrote six or maybe even more epistles. He's seen countless people come to Christ. God's moving like never before. And he gives a chance to give his testimony. And in Acts chapter 2, verse 12, he remembers the man named Ananias. He says, Then a certain Ananias, a devout man, according to the law, having a good testimony with all the Jews who dwelt there, came to me and stood and said to me, Brother Saul, receive your sight. At that same hour I looked up to him. Then he said, The God of our fathers has chosen you, that you should know his will, and see the just one and hear of his voice and of his mouth. For you will be his witness to all men of what you have seen and heard. And now why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Thirty years go by. Ananias might have thought he just had a little small part in God's story. Ananias might have felt that he was unqualified. Ananias was probably scared to death. Ananias may have been old. Ananias may have been long gone by the time Paul gave this account. Ananias may have thought that his story had been forgotten to the history books. But Paul remembered. Paul remembered saying, hey, this man, this Ananias, he had to overcome some serious assumptions And man, God used him in a way, and it made a difference in my life, and it made a difference in history. Jesus didn't forget about Ananias either. Have you, are you, making a difference in somebody else's story? Or are you letting your assumptions keep you from it? Are you just assuming that somebody else is going to do what the Lord's called you to do? Don't let your assumptions keep you keep you from the greatest blessings of all time. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Riverwalk. Are you struggling with assumptions, assumptions about yourself or assumptions about God? I just want to tell you whatever you think about yourself, the Bible says you're fearfully and wonderfully made, equipped for good works, and you can do great things for God and His kingdom. God doesn't work the way we work. And whatever you're going through today, you can count on Him to get you through it. If you have any questions, you can always email us, brbcliddyville at gmail.com. Hope you have a great week, and we're praying for you that you accomplish great things for His sake.